Chattahoochee, copyright 2023, by Randy Cooper. All rights reserved. No parts of this podcast may be used or reproduced by any means without the expressed written permission of the author. Chattahoochee, Chapter 3. Craig! Tyra shouts and then bends down next to me, and it's at that point I notice the tears streaming down my face. Shit, I am losing it. I used to be really good at this. Confident, controlled, precise, methodical. Now I can't even manage to show up sober. I wipe my face with the back of my hand. Damn, it's hot. I'm sweating like hell. Craig, I've asked you not to curse around me. Tyra says in a soft tone. I lowered my eyes sheepishly, like a scolded schoolboy. I'm worried about you she added. Time to get my shit together. I'll let her know I'm in charge. I've got the lead. Don't worry about me, Tyra. What you need to worry about is getting these witnesses interviewed and your statement forms completed and submitted. Any of the parents decide to join us yet? Two are here now. The rest should be here any minute. And with that, the fun began of trying to discover some information. Any information that would lead us to a killer. However, five hysterical teenagers don't make very effective witnesses. After interviewing the girls, I was amazed the word like could be used so many times in a sentence. It was at this point I decided I would rather slam my hand in a car door than father a daughter in today's society. I was also pondering whether English was still a required subject in high school. A uniformed sergeant approached. Detective, I think we've got something here. He motioned and I followed like a dog in heat. We'd gone all the way to the tip of the island and he began, You tell me, but this looks like blood splatter. Good work, Sarge. Let's check for a blood trail back to the body. I stood there looking out at the water and noticed a trail of rocks over to the shore on the far side of the river. There was a small gravel pull-off and I saw a fisherman load some tackle into the back of his pickup and pull off. Tyra had just caught up with me. They found a nice blood trail all the way back to the rope swing. It must have started up here and ended back by the swing. Come on, Tyra. Let's take a ride. There's something I want to check out. I looked up at the sky and our beautiful day was beginning to turn to shit. The sky was overcast and began to look ominous. Tyra and I humped it back to my car and we drove together over to Roswell Road. Late afternoon traffic was already building up and by the time we got where I wanted to be, it looked as if it would rain at any moment. I turned right and followed River Road and turned off on a gravel road that led even closer to the river. I followed the road until we got to a gravel pull-off where I had seen the fishermen. It was precarious, to say the least. The bank was at an angle, and where erosion hadn't created deep ruts in the clay, there was shifting gravel. As I stepped out of the car, I noticed again the trail of rocks leading from the shore to the island. Granted, it wasn't a sidewalk, but if one were careful, you could make it to the island without even getting all that wet. Speaking of careful, I wasn't paying any attention to anything but the river, 
when I lost my footing and fell flat on my can. Tyra chuckled and quickly chided in. They teach you that in the Marines? Your concern for my well-being overwhelms me. As I looked up at the dark sky, murderous desire returned and filled my heart. I was rolling over to the side to push myself up when I noticed something out of place. A pink fingernail with a light coating of dust. I got up and reached into my pocket for an evidence bag. Tyra, look at this. It's hers. One look and you know. Women always check the hands for rings and nails. She didn't have on a wedding band, but she had her nails done and that's the color. So, Detective Washington, do you know this because you're David Copperfield or Sherwin-Williams? I'm a woman, and women know shades of fingernail polish. Trust me, it's hers. That's the same fingernail polish I saw on the body. Well, I hope you don't feel offended if I send this to the lab, I said as I dropped the nail from my pen into the evidence bag. Just to confirm your expert opinion, of course. Of course, she batted those long eyelashes. Damn, she's such a flirt. Big fat raindrops began to fall, and with it my hopes of preserving any evidence in my secondary crime scene. I still called crime scene and the uniforms, but I knew it was an act of futility. What seemed an eternity later, we left, and I drove back to drop off Tyra at her car before we drove to the station. We need to check missing persons for all metro counties, I said. Somebody's going to miss this girl. We'll try to run her prints through APHIS, but I doubt we'll get a hit. APHIS is the automated fingerprint identification system administered by the FBI. It contains the records of tens of millions of people who've been arrested, active duty, and former members of the armed forces or government employees. As I sat in traffic, Tyra called on the cell phone. You don't think this girl maybe had a dope charge or a bad check in her past, she asked. Nope, not this girl. As I hung up with Tyra, my phone rang again. Dvorak, I answered. Detective Dvorak, this is Sally Bisher with the AJC, said the voice on the other end of the phone. Super Sally, the vultures are beginning to circle. Sally, so good to hear from you again. I heard you had a baby. Back to work so soon? Funny how I can actually make that sound like I give a rip. Thanks, yes, I had a gorgeous little boy. But as you might guess, this isn't a social call. I'm following a story about a body you all found out at the river today. Sally, I'm not going to comment. Call the public information officer, okay? Now, Dvorak. I could hear that feminine charm building. Sally Bisher is H-O-T hot. She really missed her calling because she should have gone the TV route, but she's got a nose for a story that wouldn't be satisfied without the depth that comes from being a true newspaper journalist. She works for the sheer love of it because she's married to a hotshot criminal defense attorney whose personal mission in life is to acquire the largest private yacht on Lake Lanier. But being faithfully married has never stopped Sally from using the God-given talent she was blessed with. I am firmly convinced that if she interrogated our suspects, we'd have a confession every time. Sally. No comment. I mean it. See? Firm, but polite. 
Craig. Uh-oh. She switched my first name. This interrogation technique is known as familiarization. We worked together a lot in the past, and you know you can trust me on this one. Real bad. She's trying to establish rapport and build trust. Trust with a woman? Or anyone for that matter, but especially a woman. Sally, I can. Even as I said it, I could feel my will breaking. Have you ID'd the body? Sally. I heard it was female. Was she sexually assaulted? Over the line. That was the last straw. Goodbye, Sally. And I hung up. It makes me want to vomit when people actually desire to see how bad it can get. Of course, a decade of Jerry Springer would turn the Vatican into Sodom and Gomorrah. What's our fascination with the macabre? To me, the only thing sicker than the bastard that did this are the droves of reporters wishing to exploit it into a Pulitzer Prize. The question is, how low do we have to go? I knew from the helicopter hovering over the crime scene and Sally's call that we'd have a welcoming committee present when we got to the North Fulton Government Annex building. I checked my rearview mirror and Tyra was right behind me. I made the first down referee signal, which I had hoped she would interpret as run them over if they get in your way. Police have a secured parking lot, and I planned on ducking and dodging the whole group of them by running into the building with my tail between my legs. Whoever said it's nice to be wanted hasn't walked in my shoes. The spotlight is on you, Dvorak. Better not drop the ball on this one or they'll crucify your ass.